slash Talon, uh, today we're continuing our series to the Democratic candidates for president in 2020. And so, Jack, who are we covering today? Today we're going to cover a candidate that helped shovel the man's driveway so he can get out. He helped somebody propose to his now wife, saved two dogs' life, ran into a burning building and saved a woman, and also tackled a bank robber. Christian Bale? <laughs> close, close. The super mayor, Cory Booker. Let's do it. Welcome to Taj Tellum. We are recording from West Hollywood, California. And what are we going to tell them today, T? Oh, we're going to talk about uh, the dollar store, dollar store Obama, Cory Booker. <laughs> Obama light. <laughs> uh, shout out to that guy who commented it, on Nikolai, that video. <laughs> Nikolai. I, 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 like the, I like his comments. I do. I, I appreciate it. And he also says, not enough talk about Yang. Hey, you know, we're, we, we will take the feedback. Uh, definitely going to try to talk about Yang more. <laughs> So, yes, today we'll be talking about Cory Booker, uh, the next presidential candidate on our slate. Yeah, so how did you hear about Cory Booker? Uh, you know what? Gosh, he just came out and uh, he just came out for some for no from nowhere. And I just I, I just started, you know, hearing his name, but I've never looked into him. No, that's fair. Uh, I first heard about him, uh, I think, during like Hillary Clinton after she won the nomination in 2016. She was, you know, thinking about certain people as a running mate. And I think his name got thrown in the ring. Uh, and so I know he was one of like the young, uh, you know, rising stars of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just like you, uh, I never really looked into him. Uh, until uh, this podcast. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I he had some memorable moments f- from uh, the second debate, even the first debate, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I didn't notice him at all. No, that's true. I mean, you know, he, uh, so one of the things that uh, people say about him is that he uh, is well known enough by the media and it's been covered enough so that they no longer really cover him as much. Uh, but he's not well known enough amongst the American people. So he's kind mm. of in this no man's land. So what's his history? Well, you know, he uh, actually, um, you know, grew up uh, the parent, uh, the son of um, uh, two parents who actually worked for IBM. Uh, I hear they were execs or something, right? uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty like senior level. Uh, And so uh, but they definitely, you know, neither of his parents necessarily came from uh, privilege. Um, (laughs) uh, Cory Booker says that his dad, uh, you know, he grew up so poor that he says, I'm just Poe because I couldn't afford the other two letters. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Oh, yeah. But, you know, self-made man. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a result, Cory Booker actually grew up from some privilege. And then his dad said, hey, don't forget that you were born on third base. Mm. Um, And so uh, Cory Booker actually did go to Stanford uh, as part of a uh, high school football scholarship. Uh, He moved on to actually get his master's there in sociology. Uh, He had got an honors degree in history from uh, Oxford. Uh, He was also a Rhodes Scholar. And then he got a law degree from Yale. Damn. Um, so his dad He's also, accomplished. Oh, yeah. His dad also has uh, another funny saying. He says, you got more degrees in the month of July, but you're not hot, son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I bet, I bet after that he ain't Poe no mo. No, very true. I mean, Cory Booker has a net worth of somewhere between, I think, uh, 600000 to $1.3 million. Uh, mm. That's excluding uh, his, the home that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, he's definitely, um, he's doing okay for himself. I mean, he's, right. not, he's not by far I, not the, the wealthiest. Yeah, he's not a Delaney. Oh, yeah, he's not a Delaney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he's not a Biden. He's not a Kamala Harris either. Um, I would say even Andrew Yang probably has a higher net worth than him. But um, Actually, if that's the number is true, uh, I read the statistics uh, or, or this article saying Andrew Yang's at uh, one million. Oh, really? And then, uh, like the lowest one was Pete Buttigieg. Mm. He was at a hundred thousand. Mm. But I have a feeling that's going to change soon. No, yeah, true. He's got a war chest now of what, oh. like twenty, thirty million. Yeah, so. twenty-five mil or something like that, and and that was just raised in like the second quarter alone. No, true. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's got this war chest to operate off of. Mm-hmm. So and, and Booker's got a few billionaires behind him too. Oh yeah, he actually was part of a um, you know like a new uh, venture uh, with I think Oprah Winfrey, like Bill Gates. Uh, he had since kind of pulled out of it and then donated his shares to a charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his shares were uh, valued at somewhere between one to five million dollars. So, did his dad give him shit for that? <laughs> <laughs> you gave that gave that all away, boy. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> Because I know that's what my mom would say. <laughs> that's right. You know, he's played the long game. You yeah. Know, because yeah. he he, tra- he's, he wants to avoid that perception that he's in the pockets of, of these billionaires. Uh, and that's actually one of the criticisms uh, often lob, uh, you know, lobbed against Cory Booker. Uh, because he he had he got uh, the most Wall Street uh, support of any senator, uh, I think between like 2013, 2014. Second only to Mitch McConnell. <sighs> So well, you're second only to Mitch McConnell in anything. Yeah, that's 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 not, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's not good company. But 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 um, I mean, did, did he throughout his history being? I think he was a mayor of New Newark, a uh, uh, Newark, New Jersey. Newark? Yeah, I can never pronounce that. I always want to say Wark, Newark. Uh, and Jack then, was born in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to ESL for a while. <laughs> then there's also Let me see your birth certificate. <laughs> My Kenyan birth certificate. <laughs> and then I think he became a senator, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Then he became a senator of New Jersey. Is he still a senator? He still is. Ah, got it. Okay. So so tell me about a little bit about, because I know you did a little history into, a uh, little uh, research into his history. Oh, so, you know, he actually initially ran for mayor and lost. Uh, he was actually, uh, but it was on, uh, it was part of a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he had a documentary that followed him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> show how you lost yeah and then uh, and they published it <laughs> not true. it was oscar nominated documentary um and oh then, really oh, yeah. and then cory booker jokes that even that documentary though lost <laughs> oh yeah that's right to march to the penguins, yeah, march of the penguins. Um, <laughs> and so uh you know he, you know but uh to you know to his credit you know he he ran again and then he won mm-hmm. um he's really known for you know being very um i guess kind of idealistic uh, and and being um, not and he lo- knows how to kind of news jack. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, one famous example is that he camped out uh, in the projects uh, to, uh, for ten days straight uh, mm-hmm. as a means to kind of gain awareness for like this open air drug market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually worked. It actually brought the mayor of New York, uh, sorry, Newark, uh, to there at the time. Oh, that was before he, be- uh, he was before mayor. he was. Oh, mayor. he was mm-hmm. uh, city council or something yes. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, he really cites that as like, uh, you know, one of the more meaningful moments in his life because it showed that, hey, you know what, uh, you know, people do have power to, you know, affect change. Mm. And so, 
um, you know, he actually carried on this practice of kind of um, doing these kind of publicity stunts uh, and, and to, 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 you know, actually good results. You know, um, another famous case is like, uh, there's like this dog that was left outside in the cold uh, and then people were tweeting at him, <laughs> you know, complaining. And then he actually went there himself and rescued the dog. Mm. Um, <laughs> These fucking Twitter warriors. Not true, but you know. <laughs> Look at this dog. Hey, Cory Booker, you should do something about yeah. it. <laughs> Rather than me doing something about it. <laughs> what fucking bastards. No, but you mm-hmm. know. But, but he Cor- did. But he did, you know. And also, you know, that's where, I mean, now like, you know, uh, politicians interacting with social media is kind of old hat. But, you know, when he was doing it, he was actually, you know, a part of like the vanguard, the avant-garde. Oh, uh, that's right. Because that was like 2008 or 2009 or something. Uh, oh, yeah, very true. So mm-hmm. he was actually one of the first early adopters for it. Um, and actually, in general, he's kind of um, a lot of his personal philosophy comes out of that time. Like he's kind of uh, a bit of a technocrat. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into it when we go and talk about some of his policies. Um, but also, you know, he'll do things like, uh, you know, there, his neighbor's house is on fire. So he actually rushed in there with his bodyguard and like rescued her. I heard about that. Like he had second degree burns and stuff like that on his hands for, and, and I think the fire chief said that he, like, he literally saved her life. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it was like 150 degrees Fahrenheit in there when he rushed in, uh, you know, smoke filled, um, but you know, he, he's a former, you know, I think uh, tight end or linebacker for, you know. Cause, and that qualifies him to <laughs> run into a, a house fire. That's well, crazy, yeah, you know. Because, yeah, he's physically in good shape, big guy. So and, and, to, I, and I don't mean that as in like, oh, he, he shouldn't have done I mean that like he didn't, he, that's not something he's trained for and he still did it. That's actually very, very, uh, I, I respect him for that. Because oh, no. I ain't running into no house fire. <laughs> no. Very true. Very true. But he did know the woman, though, personally. Oh, so okay, I, I think okay. that definitely was an extra incentive. I, even um, so. Oh, yeah. So that actually shows why he, he is a man of character. You know, like, uh, I think um, he definitely does, like, kind of walk the walk. Um, you know, he. <laughs> but I think a lot of it, you know, may come from his uh, faith background. You know, he, he's definitely, he's not shy about sharing the fact that he's a Christian uh, even though he is more so on the left, um, he actually. Told I us do respect that because uh, I think, uh, like Obama, he really downplayed that aspect about him after he became president. That's true. I mean, Obama did get some flack for like the Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wright kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where you know less attention on that, the better. Uh, but yeah, you know, Cory Booker, he does kind of wear his faith uh, on his sleeve. I mean, we we attended his happy hour this week uh, in LA. Yeah, um, we we uh, we went to the event, uh, Cory Booker. Uh, fundraiser uh, on Wednesday the 21st uh, at Scale LA. LA. Uh, oh, yeah. Scale LA, if you're listening, get some better AC. <laughs> <laughs> and and better sound systems. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the videos on our uh, YouTube channel, uh, so you get that, that buzzing noise. It's not... Uh, it's going to be linked right here. Oh, yeah, link below in the description. <laughs> you know, and while you're there, just smash that subscribe button. Like this video. <laughs> Share, Share it with it. your friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, man, it was like, gosh, what would you say? Like one to 200 people in that office, and it was sweltering. Like, yes. I was sweating. Dude, when down. you left, when we were outside, your, sh- your shirt was just drenched. Yeah, it was like, a, it was like, I felt like I was in Korean spa, man. I felt yeah, like it was a sauna. Man. I, it um, was hot. And, uh, I mean, we were kind of digressing, but uh, the, the event was, was uh, it, it felt like a sermon. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, his rhetoric is very kind of inspirational. Uh, he pulls from biblical imagery. Um, and so, I, you know, I do think it, it's an important part of his life and, and how he kind of views the world. 
um, you know, he told this kind of funny story uh, in an interview I listened to where uh, as he was kind of like looking at uh, deciding what uh, college to go to, he actually stopped by Notre Dame because he was mm-hmm. being recruited. And uh, as part of the recruitment, they brought him onto the Notre Dame field. And he says that when you're in the end zone and then you look out, you can see this huge mural of Jesus, like with his hands up. And everyone calls that touchdown Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> touchdown Jesus. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> and he was saying that, like, that almost convinced him to go to Notre Dame, and his dad had to, like, really kind of de-brainwash him to, to convince him to go to Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good move for him. No, fair. fair. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But that just shows, like, you know, he's he's like, yeah, a really kind of uh, emotional guy, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve. And so that's where that kind of uh, authenticity uh, and earnestness, you know, I, I think it's something that's uh, definitely charming about him. Mm-hmm. Um but I think there is this kind of issue in the sense where I don't know if where the Democratic Party is today, uh, if it's necessarily a good fit for, for uh, his style, uh, in the sense that it really feels like uh, there's one part of the party that wants to really fight, um, you know, because of Trump and everything that's going on. Uh, and the other part of the party just wants to go back to normal. And I think mm-hmm. that's the part that Biden's really appealing to. Uh, but, you know, for Booker, it's, uh, he's kind of caught in no man's land, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he talks a lot about love. <laughs> I think he maybe cribbed that from Marianne Williamson. Yeah, I mean, during that, if you if you watch the video, there's a lot of talk about, like, how, you know, love trumps hate, you know, how, how we need to embrace love. To And we, there's, uh, you know, we have more that, uh, the, the line that divides us are nowhere near as strong as the ties that bind us, you know, like that kind of saying, that, that kind of talk. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think he's definitely taking a page from Obama's playbook and trying to be more inspirational. Mm-hmm. But I just think maybe the timing's not right. Because I think when Obama was uh, running, I think maybe there was more goodwill uh, on the part of the electorate to really kind of lean into that rhetoric. Yeah. I mean, when I when I started doing some research into him, I remember when we first talked, I said, uh, he's kind of like an Obama 2.0. But now I'm looking at him, I'm like, he's more of an Obama light. <laughs> Hence, uh, dollar store, dollar tree, yeah, dollar store Booker, <laughs> dollar store Obama. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's, um, you know, like okay. So before we get into more of his, you know, what he kind of represents, I feel like maybe we should see talk about what he's about, like what where he came from. So, uh, how how was he as a mayor? Yeah, so you know, um, a lot of people they point to things like. Um, you know, him like delivering uh, diapers to, you know, women who were like kind of uh, blocked by uh, like the snowstorms to show that, oh, he really mm. cares about his constituents. Um, so he has a lot of really great optics. I think, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg donated $100 million to the New York school system. Mm-hmm. And oh, so and I, I heard um, he was actually, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was actually trying to keep his name out of it, mm. but Booker actually convinced him to put his name on. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just because I think, you know, um, Booker, he understands like uh, publicity and like PR. So he understands that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, because of his celebrity, uh, he would just kind of raise even more awareness to uh, New York schools because, uh, you know, New York schools were you know in a tough shape. Um, but so, you know, you can definitely look at certain of these kind of like high publicity uh, events as, you know, evidence that, oh, look at what all the, you know, Booker's doing. You know, it fits that narrative that he's uh, a bit of a disruptor. Um, however, there is some criticism that, you know, uh, for example, uh, the woman who was delivered to diapers, she was just like, well, you know, if, if you only can get like the streets paved <laughs> or the, the streets plowed, then maybe I just could just go out there and buy diapers myself, you know, so... 
Um, Man, you know, women complaining anyways, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh-oh, Wendy. <laughs> no, but thank you so much, Wendy, for letting me do this. I, I have to say, she she's my rock. She uh, she Today, I was leaving early, and she's like, no, go, go. And I was like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Wendy, smash that like button. <laughs> okay, and then so so what? And so so with it, it, it sounds like he does really care about the people. He does, um, and so that's where I think the um, kind of one of the criticisms about him though is that he still hasn't really given many specifics in terms of you know what he stands for and what he's going to do as well as uh, in terms of like very tangible results, uh, they can be seen as like a little lacking uh, in the sense that, uh, for example, that $100 million uh, that were donated to you know, the schools, um, it didn't have quite as large of a difference. Uh, and, but I, I would say it's more uh, because you know, the entire yearly uh, budget for these schools is, is $1 billion. So that represents only 10%, but actually that was spread out over four years. And so that's what 2.5% uh, a difference in the budget each year. So really, what are people really expecting? And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but then I guess the flip side is then people can criticize, well, why did Booker make such a big deal of it? You know, so. Um, well, you know what I say? Give those teachers a 2.5% raise. Actually, that's where most of the money went to. Good. Um, well, then he, he used it in the right place, I oh, have yeah. to say. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's where I think, um, you know, I think just because I think he's being, um uh, very public uh, in, in uh, you know, kind of what he's doing. I think he's just kind of inviting more criticism. But, you know, I, I think his heart's in the right place. You know, I think uh, if you look at his record, there's nothing kind of outstanding, but there's nothing uh, troubling, you know. Now, though, this is what I saw when I did the research into his uh, mayoral, mayoralty, uh, was that uh, he, it, the, it, it, New York was going in a uh, a depopulation phase. Like I think from the 1950s to the 1990s, there was like a 40% reduction of the population. Don't quote me on that. I'm bad with numbers. <laughs> and he's an accountant, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And then uh, 2000 and to, to 2010, you actually saw an increase of of the population. And I think he was he he became mayor in 2006. So it felt like that that might have been a positive thing where he actually was kind of, um, you know, uh, encouraging change and in, uh, engendering a, a more positive image for the city. Because I, I know that the city was on, there was a lot of crime. I think for the first couple of years it helped he helped with the crime rate, but then I think the last couple of years it was not not as stellar. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of that's out of his control, like budgets, things like that. Um, you know, with Chris Christie in office as governor at that time, he was you mean slashing. Krispy Kreme. <laughs> you know, he was slashing funding. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, uh, to Booker's credit, you know, one thing that if you look at his record, uh, he's really willing to kind of reach across the aisle. And, and, and so, you know, uh, whether it be with, uh, you know, like, maintaining a, a relationship with a Johnson and Johnson, uh, who, who's based out of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, New Jersey. Uh, and I think a lot of insurance companies are out there too. Uh, oh yeah. As well as like a lot of like, uh, he has, you know, we already mentioned a lot of support from, um, you know, wall street. And so he, he's willing to kind of, you know, uh, he's, he's more of a pragmatist in that sense. Uh, and even in his, during his time, like he understands how the world works. Uh, exactly. You know, even though he is, you know, an idealist, you know, he's definitely, he has more of a kind of a, a pragmatist side as well. And so that's where like, he, he's definitely more of a moderate, you know, uh, within a democratic party. Uh, I would lump him like closer to say a Biden than say like a Sanders. And so, 
you know, as we kind of jump into like his policies, uh, you'll definitely see that uh, represented as well. Now, one thing that I, 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 that stood out to me was um, he really helped affordable housing in New York. Awesome. Uh, I, I, he had Goldman um, invest in a, a big development project. Uh, and he had a lot of investments um, from from these institutions because, you know, there's always that, especially if you're on the Democratic side, you're very cautious about taking money and you all, also appearing to be, um, you know, bought. But uh, he, he understood that you need this kind of money in order to revitalize a, a community. Um, like, for example, in uh, Inglewood, it was Magic Johnson's money. You know, it, it, you ha it has to come from somewhere, you know. And um, if you can't get it from somebody who was from the community who made it big later on, um, then you go to where the money is. And, uh, you know, there you have to kind of marry, make it a win-win situation. And so Goldman... I, uh, I I read that article where he, they were saying that, hey, you know what, we were afraid to go in because, you know, these people, they they, they don't want to risk their money if if it's not going to be, uh, you know, successful. So um, they didn't want a pushback from the community. So that was the way Cory Booker kind of brought him, brought him in and allowed the community to really accept it. Yeah, you know, because to Cory Booker's credit, um, he actually lives, you know, uh, he actually lived and I think still lives in a pretty rough neighborhood or pretty rough part of Newark. And so that's where, you know, he is embedding himself within the community. Uh, and so, you know, he doesn't necessarily have this kind of like savior complex that, you know, he, he, I think has developed a lot of goodwill and a lot of credibility. And so that's where, you know, these partnerships where, you know, with someone like Goldman Sachs, which, you know, from a PR perspective, doesn't look, aren't, aren't the best optics. Uh, I think because of the trust that he's gained with the community, uh, they're willing to kind of like receive this help. And, and you know, little, little fact that I learned, you know, in 2006, uh, investigators in New Jersey uh, foiled a plot uh, f uh, by the Bloods gang to assassinate him. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think it was the bad blood between him and the prior uh, the mayor before. Mm. Yeah, so so I'm I'm not saying I'm not implicating the mayor before, but I'm just saying like there was a lot of issues with that, and he was also involved in a brawl. Like he didn't he wasn't involved in a brawl, but like it was like a government kind of a. A meeting where they were appointing some people and then the supporters of the other group started attacking and they had to get riot police in there and everything. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey's a rough place. You know, um, Cory Brooker, you know, he also helped kind of uh, tackle and arrest a bank robber. <laughs> oh my God, really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, soon after he was elected, like he was walking around with his uh, security detail and then uh, a guy robbed the bank right in front of him and as he was running away, <laughs> Cory Brooker gave chase <laughs> with his cards. And yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm liking this guy so far. How about how about when he was a senator? So as a senator, you know, one piece of like, um, you know, legislation that was supported by both Republicans and Democrats that, uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of credit for is uh, some reforms over the criminal justice um, system. Uh, so, you know, essentially what these reforms consisted of was, uh, you know, um, making the uh, punishments for crack cocaine and powder cocaine the same. Um also removing like the three strikes law so that you could, uh, so you don't get a lifetime you know sentence for you know doing three like petty crimes. I think he mentioned um, that about, uh, during the debate. Like that was one of his point of contention with Biden. Uh, oh yeah, you know, um, and also you know part of this bill uh, he removed a solitary confinement from juvenile hall, you know, Ooh. which is a big thing, you know, like because what's interesting, solitary confinement is considered torture in many other countries, and here we are doing it to kids. You know, so I think Cory Booker definitely um, is way more credible on issues of criminal justice reform uh, than, say, a Kamala Harris. 
uh, because his uh, you know stance uh, and his voting record on policy you know is 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 very credible. Um, and he actually worked with Jared Kushner of all people <laughs> on this bill. And so again, that's the one time I feel like he shouldn't have reached across the aisle. Uh, you know, <laughs> but that's but that's kind of a unique set of circumstances where Jared Kushner's um, uh, father uh, was placed in jail in New Jersey uh, by Chris Christie. And so that's actually uh, responsible for why Chris Christie got knocked out of the, uh, <laughs> the Trump orbit uh, by, by Kushner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that shows, you know, where like, hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so mm-hmm. that's where Booker, you know, he as much as he does care about optics, he doesn't let that compromise uh, what his, his pr- eyes is. on the prize. Exactly. Right. Well, OK. Um, but but uh, how long was uh, how long is since 2013? Is that correct? Uh, I believe that's correct. OK. OK. And uh, were they like how, how are, do we know the effects of all those um, policies that he put in place now? Well, I mean, it's relatively new, uh, you know. Um, but I think already, you know, I think any kid that's not putting getting put in solitary confinement, I mean, that's that's a that's win. a good idea. Um, and I do think that. Um, I think it's one of those things where, you know, because now he's developing also this reputation of being willing to reach across the aisle, uh, that's where, you know, um, you, you could infer that um, if he, say, does win the presidency in 2020, uh, that, you know, perhaps uh, he'll have a, an easier time getting his agenda passed. I mean, that that that's pretty speculative, you know, I admit, so... Um, hey, Mitch McConnell, we have the same amount of donors. <laughs> we have the same donors. <laughs> um, but that's also where you can see, like, you know, he's probably going to stay away from certain policy ideas, like Bernie Sanders' idea of introducing a tax on all, like, kind of uh, stock uh, transactions. Uh, and so I think those kind of ideas, uh, I, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you know, I don't think Booker's uh, your candidate. Yeah, Booker's uh, definitely more of a moderate and centrist uh, very, approach. very true. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in, in a stance for like Medicare for all, like he he's for it, but he'll definitely accept. He says he's willing to accept uh, a single payer system. You as know, well. that's the thing that I, that's the feeling that I get when I read through his issues and his platform is more like he's willing to fight for certain things or to to move the goal move the ball forward to this uh, towards that goalpost but he's not very clear on how he's going to do it or where that's actually going to go where's what's the end goal there because he's just like oh i'm going to fight for you know uh you know animal welfare or something like that like that's one of the very interesting kind of issues that he 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 puts on his website <clears throat> but you just don't really know how he's going to do it Oh yeah, true. He he's light on specifics, and I think that's definitely a criticism for him. I mean, even when we were at the happy hour, uh, you know, his speech very rousing, but then once again light on specifics. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think we joked the uh, the guy who introduced him, the, the the girl who introduced him, had actually more specifics than he did. No, yeah, no, very true. And and I, I got a sense that he was trying to test out whether like gun control is going to be one of his signature issues because he spoke about it a little more. I mean, um, that's how the, he was introduced. True. Uh, and I think once, um, uh, what was that California guy who, who was big on gun control? The guy who wanted to Swalwell. Pass Swalwell. Um, you know, once Swalwell's out of the race, so there's no longer a candidate that's really championing that. So, you know, perhaps, you know, he sees that as his kind of strategic tack. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so that's definitely a weakness. But, you know, I always think that your greatest weakness is your greatest strength and vice versa. And so uh, there's an interesting proposal that, you know, he put forward in the Senate, and I think he is probably going to do it, you know, when he's president as well, which is uh, like it's like a government jobs kind of uh, proposal. 
So, you know, like what, a guaranteed federal. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's a jobs guarantee. So uh, it's the Federal Jobs Guaranteed Development Act. And so uh, but the way his approach on it is interesting. So uh, what he proposes is that uh, he would guarantee jobs in 15 rural uh, and urban areas as a test to see how it works first. And based on this little pilot, uh, you know, he can then take insights and roll it out, you know, to greater parts of the country. And so that's where, you know, I like how he's, you know, he's a pragmatist. So he's saying, hey, rather than just try to, you know, shoehorn, you know, ram this like vision down people's throats, let's actually see what it's like. You know, let's do it in 15 uh, different places. It's going to be um, uh, guaranteeing a job that pays at least $15 an hour. Um, and so that's where uh, I could definitely see how um, it, it's, it's a more incremental approach. But uh, I think by looking at, the real world feedback, you'll probably get to better results. What kind of uh, jobs are they? Are, is he guaranteeing? Uh, <coughs> so that's where, uh, once again, light on specifics. He would say that he would leave that responsibility more more to the local governments, who who should know uh, better. Uh, but a lot of people people are speculating mm. childcare, um, just be and, and elderly care, just because those are like to definitely like grow in areas, uh, as well as I think you know there's a lot of chatter right now about like universal childcare. And so I think that kind of synergy, I think, is a good is a good idea. Um, and I think you mentioned this last time. Do we really want a government employee to to do the child care for your for your kid? So that that's actually a valid criticism because you know when you actually look at the data and studies, uh, the private sector actually doesn't really uh, honor or uh, takes take uh, see as valuable government experience uh, because they don't necessarily trust uh, the training or the qualifications of these candidates. And so um, working for Amazon, uh, we're still on food stamps or living out their cars. And then um, now I'm looking at Amazon and they proudly mention that they're paying $15 an hour. And uh, I was looking up articles and stuff. And then they're saying that it was from the political pressure from Bernie Sanders um, and just pointing that out and bringing that to the national limelight. And then now Amazon, Jeff Bezos is going, oh, motherfucker, I got to pay these people more money. Uh, but, you know, it's a good PR move for him. But at the same time, he wouldn't have done it without Bernie Sanders. So I'm just wondering if do you need a federal jobs guarantee to do that? Or do you just have to apply some political pressure or use use uh, the media to his favor? You know, like how Cory Booker has been doing. No, that's true. And, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point, you know, because I think that's where um, I would even say that, you know, candidates like uh, Cory Booker, they really benefit from more kind of extreme candidates like Sanders uh, that really move the conversation so left that, you know, Cory Booker you has know, no choice but to go that way, too. Uh, oh, yeah. And actually, he looks more like a safe and reasonable to kind of oh. corporate interests. <laughs> 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 that old man yelling at the sky is just too crazy. <laughs> court Booker, Booker. <laughs> yeah, before that, they probably wouldn't even look at Booker or something like that, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, if you think about it, some of Booker's ideas, like even this federal job sack, could be seen as like, whoa, you know, like that's really extreme, you know? Yeah. But I think now, in relative to how far Sanders is pushing left, like it's okay, this looks a little more reasonable. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think, you know, that's where I think his, you know, the his donors, you know, I think they're looking for kind of like a safer candidate. And mm -hmm. I think that's where... Um, you know, yeah, I think that's where where, where Booker's opportunity. Is. But also, um, there is there is actually a pretty novel idea from him. You told you mentioned to me uh, baby bonds. Uh, oh yeah, so you know th this is also another example of like a great kind of like modern idea. So this baby bonds idea is that every child, uh, I believe, as long as the family comes below a certain amount, 
uh, is going to be giving, I think, really, at least starting with like $1,000. And then each year, the government will kind of add to that, um, you know, account for the baby um, uh, every year, depending on the parent's income. And then once the uh, child turns 18 years old, uh, they'll have he gets to run away with all that money. Sort of. <laughs> he has access to the money or she. Uh, Bye, mom. Bye, dad. <laughs> but, but he or she can only use it uh, for education, uh, purchasing a house, or um, I think uh, starting a business. Why well, to use it for drugs? Well, you know, I mean, when you go to college, you know. <laughs> Yeah, take to, take some of that tuition money you were gonna, your mom and dad saved for you. There you go. There you mm -hmm. go. Uh, I mean, that's all I did in college. But mm -hmm. <laughs> wait, how long was college? <laughs> Felt like it went by like that. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, no. So I mean, that's that's a perfect example of something where you know it's not as like progressive and far left as like free college and like forgiving student loans. Oh yeah, and um, I, th I think he's also he says. That's going to help people get into, you know, get start start off their life better, like yeah, just be a leg up. Because they estimate it'll be around like forty thousand dollars, and so that by no means is that going to pay for all of your college, but it's going to pay for a significant amount. Plus, and, but if you're smart with your with going to college, like you know, you start off with community college and then you go to a regular four year university, and that could pay off the whole thing. Oh yeah, especially if you're eligible for like certain Pell grants or like because you know it's not exclusive. This baby bonds from like other financial assistance. So I think if you combine it all in the aggregate. Uh, for those students who, who need support and they do it smart, like with community college and then going in-state public, then, yeah, you can definitely pay for college. And so I think that's probably a lot more of a common-sense solution than this, like, free college stuff uh, because I think, you know, it, it's still as the, I guess, you know, end consumer, end user, um, you know, you still are required to make kind of responsible decisions with it. Like, you're not going to go out-of-state private for four years and expect the government to pay for it it's like and, and what i do like about that is it gives that child 18 years to think about this fair and and he has op opportunity he has different choices he can go to college he can buy a home he could start a, a business like it almost makes it seem like hey i'm not very restrictive we want to see these areas you know flourish so what can you do here oh yeah he could go to trade school vocational school and so I think the freedom of that versus saying like free college. Like, oh yeah, I have to go to college in order to take take this. And what good is college for me? Yeah, no, exactly. Because I what's fun, what's interesting is like a lot of the younger generation, uh, they understand that you know college isn't necessarily the guarantee to a middle class. Yeah, they, they all of them want to be YouTube stars. Well, hey, you know, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say we were st we're stars yet. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but yeah, you know, so I think that's where it's just, you know, it's providing freedom and responsibility, uh, you know, to, you know, the people who are, you know, it's supposed to be helping, which I think is always a good thing, mm. but with enough safeguards. So it's not just like, here's $40,000. Good luck. You know, right. but it's like, you, you can only put it in these buckets, mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of flexibility within those buckets. Yeah. But you know, uh, I, I, I'm surprised at how of a long-term view that is. That's not very po politician-like. 
No, that's true. Yeah, because you're not going to see the fruits of this within you know his own administration. You know, if he does end up uh, becoming president, and so, but that's also another reason why you know I like the idea because it's like we can't be so myopic and just think so short term. Like we have to think a little more long term, mm-hmm. and so that's where I don't think this is like an attempt just to kind of buy people's votes, like the forgiving of student loans is. Uh, I think this is more so like, hey, let's set up like a solid foundation for the next generation. Got it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that that policy is very unique. I, I think that's one of the most unique policies that I've seen from him. Other than that, I, I, I was very underwhelmed. Yeah, because, you know, uh, across the board, I mean, when you look at his other policy stances, like they're, um, you know, he's kind of like, you know, towing the party line, especially when it comes to like the he's a little agnostic when it comes to Medicare for all versus single option, uh, single payer option. Um well, he does. He does mention that he wants Medicare for all. Uh, oh no! I mean, yeah, that's definitely what he would like. But I think, well, once again, I think, but I think this is where maybe he's being a little more honest because I think, uh, regardless of who wins uh, the presidency in twenty twenty, uh, they're still have to going to have to contend with a Senate that, at best, will be a slight majority for Democrats, so not the super majority they need for it to be filibuster proof. Mm-hmm. And so that's where any kind of healthcare reform law that gets passed, it'll it probably will not be Medicare Medicare for all. They're just going to have to be compromises. So I think that's where Booker's position is perhaps a little more honest than other candidates. Yeah, um, what this whole Medicare for all talk, um, what they don't mention is you have to understand there's a lot of people who work for private insurance companies. They might hate their job, but they still work there. And if you do Medicare for all, what are those people going to do? Oh yeah, no, very true. Uh, that actually was one reason why uh, Obama, I think, in, in I think his famous interview with Mark Maron on WTF, uh, he was citing uh, the impact of cutting, you know, healthcare spending uh, on the economy as a whole, just because it, you know, it, it employs like a significant portion of this country's uh, labor force. Mm-hmm. So you're right, you know, you, you just can't snip that away uh, without any kind of. Uh, so that's kind of the pragmatic side of um, Booker. No, very true. Yeah. Um, now he. I do like how he focuses on housing. He has the he has another he's, he has another policy that just kind of sounds like Kamala Harris's policy. Also, just the uh, uh, the renters' credit capped at thirty percent of your income. You know, um, so he would you know, on average a family would get like four thousand eight hundred towards their housing expenses after they filed their taxes. Well, what's the, is there like a income cutoff? Like if you earn more there, than... He, see, no specifics. Uh, but he did say it's an average of $4,800, um, you know, and it's based on the neighborhood fair market value of rent. Um, so it's it's an index that the government tracks. So it's not like, oh, I can just rent out a, the penthouse at in, in Beverly Hills or if there is one. Um, and then he does talk about, you know, uh, putting more money in the housing trust fund reforming uh restrictive zoning laws which is a huge issue because uh you know there's a there's a there's an incentive for land landlords and especially large corporate landlords to get very restrictive zoning laws because if you don't have that much housing the ho- the housing that you own is going to go up in terms of uh, prices that's why we have these ridiculous home prices now um so it's kind of an artificial way of increasing the the home value uh so that i i I like the fact that he's actually talking about that because that's a huge expense for most people no true i you know i think he is definitely aware of the issues that are affecting everyday americans uh but to your point you know he's just very light on the details 
Uh, that's actually maybe my biggest concern uh, about Booker uh, is because I think, you know, I think his heart's definitely in the right place. I think he's a person of integrity. Um, but, you know, even to see you, you take, for example, how he's running his campaign as like uh, as a microcosm for, you know, perhaps how he will run the country. Not the best we're on campaign, you know, uh, I think especially relative to say someone like Elizabeth Warren uh, and say we take the two ex- uh, events that we attended as an example. Uh, I mean, you know, this space that, you know, he chose to host his event at, it was on the, the 10th floor of like an office building. Uh, we mentioned the AC wasn't working. The sound system wasn't really. It was called a uh, happy hour with Corey Booker and like they just had bottles of wine just in in buckets. Oh yeah, and then you know Andrew Yang, you know, actually with with way less political experience, actually had a much better run uh, event. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren's event, I think, was, was much better run as oh, well. Oh, Elizabeth Warren's event was way well organized, very organized. Um, and and the thing about about Booker's event was, uh, the thing that we that stood out to me was at Warren and Andrew Yang, people wanted to talk to each other people wanted to engage uh people were excited like they they were there with a purpose at cory booker's everybody just kind of just came and they're like oh i want to see cory booker it's, oh, it was almost like they wanted to see like a motivational speaker or a or a concert or something and as soon as it ended i remember very clearly everybody just turned around and left headed for the elevators which the elevators took hell along <laughs> No, yeah, no, very true. You know, and and even even on the drive out, people were cutting us off. Oh man, yeah, dude, I wouldn't feel I I feel like I wouldn't get that from the Yang Gang. Definitely not. No, when we went to the Yang Gang's, uh, you know, meetup, um, a lot of fraternity, like people, like man, like it was like uh, there was so much enthusiasm in that crowd. Uh, and so much kind of love for one another there. And I would even say, I mean, less, more muted, but definitely still feelings of fraternity at the Elizabeth Warren uh, event. I think people are hanging around looking for ways to kind of help support the campaign. Uh, I would say very little to none of that at the Booker event. Uh, it seemed like I agree. People are there more out of like curiosity mm-hmm. than necessarily like enthusiasm uh, as like part of some kind of thing. Or maybe they just felt like they, he, he spoke to them in a sense of like a kind of beat Pete Buttigieg kind of way. Like he spoke to the morality of the nation. He spoke about, you know, um, the, the values of the nation and that feels good. It does feel good. I mean, I, I felt that people were like, yeah, like it felt like you were at a church, you know, like, amen, you know, like hallelujah. But, um, you know, and he also mentioned like, you know, I'm going to be when I become president, I'm going to ask more of you than any other presidents ever. And and I was like, so what are you going to ask of us? <laughs> I, I, he never get it. Got into that. <laughs> yeah, no, once again, yeah, very light on details. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and one thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, uh, for example, he he talked about ending Citizens United. He talked about uh, gerrymandering and voter suppression. Um, he talk up talk in gun violence. One of his, I guess, now signature proposal. I guess I don't know. Um, He's testing it out. Taking on NRA gun licensing, universal background, ban assault weapons, <laughs> limit gun buyers to one gun per month, which still comes out to twelve guns <laughs> a year. Okay, um, and I'm just like, okay, it might just ill-informed or something but haven't we we been doing that for like trying to do that for 10 years or 20 years and it still hasn't gone anywhere so it feels like it's just he just copied and pasted from another candidate and just put it on 
yeah, no, very true. Yeah, I think outside of his uh, baby bounce proposal, uh, there's really nothing distinguishing uh, the policies he's offering. Um, I think it's more so he's offering his uh, personality, uh, his kind of uh, experience as someone reaching across the aisle. Um, also, I'll say this strategically, um, I think, you know, how I can see him uh, securing the nomination is perhaps through the African American voting bloc. Uh, because he's really just contending with uh, Biden and Kamala Harris. And, you know, something I've heard, you know, from some analysts is that, you know, the African-American voting bloc, you know, they're a little more cynical and for good cause, just, you know, given the this country's history, uh, complicated history with race. Uh, and so, uh, for example, in 2008, uh, the majority of African-Americans actually supported uh, Hillary Clinton up until Obama showed enough support, uh, I believe, in like South, uh, South Carolina, and then it was a, it was a complete sea change uh, ch- change to him. Uh, and I think similarly, Biden right now seems to have a lot of support uh, amongst the African American community. But I think if Booker can gain enough traction in the in the early states, uh, we can definitely see that shift happen. Uh, but he is kind of competing with Kamala a little bit. Mm. Um, but I do think he. But I think Kamala is ahead of him on on that one, huh? Right now, but, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, uh, he doesn't have as complicated of a record uh, as uh, Kamala. You know, I think Kamala's uh, record as... You're so political, complicated. (laughs) I I would say terrible. Yeah, you know, Kamala's putting innocent people in jail. You know, she's putting 1,500 people in jail who smoked marijuana, even though she herself was smoking marijuana and laughing about it. Uh, what's interesting is Cory Booker, uh, while on the topic, he wants to legalize marijuana, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. actually has never tried uh, marijuana. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but he always likes to cite the fact that two former pre- U.S. presidents, uh, Ob- Barack Obama and uh, George W. Bush, both uh, professed trying marijuana and even uh, heavier, more illegal drugs. I, I think he's referencing cocaine. Um, and yet, you know, they've gotten away from any kind of punishment but then you look at the way our criminal justice system is, you know, people like Kamala Harris are locking up people for mm-hmm. <laughs> much less. And so that's where I think, you know, Cory Booker's a lot more credible on issues of criminal justice that the African-American community cares about. Uh, and so that's where I could definitely see how he can have advantage over her. Um, I'm not sure if I can trust anybody who's never smoked weed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta at least try, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, okay. So, so I mean, it's just uh, when when I look at his other policies, um, you know, with gun 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 violence, uh, you know, he has this oversight on gun manufacturers. You know, what kind of, and oversight? I think, I, um, so I think, uh, you know, Sanders got in trouble for this in 2016. So uh, right now, he, he on his website it says, in other words, gun manufacturers have little incentive to make their products safer. Uh, what is that in reference? So I think it's talking about like gun trafficking and, you know, like making it, uh, you know, putting safeties on and oh, stuff like that. Oh, like the fingerprint that. sensor and things no, like that. No, it's not. He didn't even talk about the fingerprint sensor. He's talking about handgun micro-stamping. So basically uh, micro-stamping the bullet. Oh, so this way you can I trace see. the bullet back and then making... Uh, but but the weird thing is he's putting it on the gun manufacturers, um, and like I think 2016, uh, Sanders got in trouble for this and uh, for Sandy Hook because they wanted the Sandy Hook people wanted to uh, the victims, the family of the victims wanted to uh, sue the gun manufacturers for for you know a- allowing this to happen. Which to me, I mean, I feel bad for them, but that just seems like you're just trying to find somebody to blame. You know, like hey, these guys just make the guns; they made the guns legally. 
why are they responsible for who uses them? Um, I feel like that, you know, this whole gun violence thing, you know, I, I, uh, oh, there's another one, the boyfriend loophole. Um, you know, right now, current law only forbids uh, abusive or ex, uh, uh, an abusive spouse or ex-spouse convicted of abuse or under a restraining order from pr uh, purchasing a firearm. But it doesn't include, it doesn't extend to dating partners. Yeah, and I think that shows how the law is kind of lagging behind culture. I think more people are choosing to cohabitate uh, without marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... No, I mean, I, I think that's where you know, the law, yeah, I agree with you, the law needs to be updated to kind of reflect uh, changing social mores. Well, I guess for me, I, the way I look at this is I'm, I'm thinking, how are you going to prove you guys were dating partners? Looking at your Facebook relationship status? <laughs> um, I, okay, even if you can, what's the, what's the issue there? You know, like, I feel like the issue is not the gun itself. I mean, I think, yeah, you definitely have to control it, make it, you know, there are, there are steps that you can take to, like, minimize, um, you know, gun violence in neighborhoods and stuff like that, looking at guns. But I feel like the more, the broader topic would be what the environment these people are growing up in, the mental health is issues, the economy, like, hey, if, hey, if I feel, uh, if, I, if I can't afford to live, I'm going to end up living in a really bad neighborhood. And if I'm living in a bad neighborhood, I need to protect myself. And then you're just going to have guns in the, in the house. Um, or, or, you know, you get into a bad situation, you get around with bad people, and that's just going to be, that's just going to be part of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated issue. I mean, one thing that I do, well, I will give uh, Corey Brooker credit for is that uh, he's not just riding the news cycle, you know, I mean, obviously, he didn't make reference to like the mass shooting. Uh, but he also talks about just like the normal everyday gun violence that happens in communities like his in, in Newark um, that are more get less coverage because it's just, you know, people of low, lower socioeconomic status, uh, many, many whom are people of color. Uh, and so that's where, you know, the issue is, though, that uh, a lot of those guns uh, are illegal, are legally procured. And so that's where all these protections, uh, you know, may not be uh, may not really do much to, to kind of mitigate this. And so I agree. I think, you know, there needs to be uh, a way to look at the uh, to target underlying conditions. And that's where something like, uh, you know, to bring in uh, our boy, Andrew Yang, you know, his idea of universal basic income. Uh, one of the conditions is that you do, you do not commit a crime and go to prison. And so what you pay people to stay out of prison in a sense. And what's interesting is they've done studies and this actually works because the main reason why people turn to crime is for economic reasons. And so if they had an alternative way to make a living, uh, then they wouldn't necessarily turn to crime. Uh, and so that's where they've done studies where they've paid people to stay out of prison effectively, and it works. Mm -hmm. uh, recidivism rates uh, drop significantly. <laughs> if I know I'm going to lose $1,000 a month by doing this, nah, I think I'm going to think about it. Yeah, you know? plus, like, you're already getting $1,000 a month so that, like, it's not like, man, where am I going to get any money, you know? so You just got to wait till next month. Exactly. And you can pull together, you know, with your buddies, you know, and then, you know, with a thousand dollars a month, pull between three people like that's enough to cover basic expenses. Yeah. Um, one last thing I kind of want to mention about uh, <laughs> two, two things, actually, I thought it was uh, I, I'm sorry, three things. So uh, he talks about providing funding for research on gun violence that I think it's like, hey, that's very good. That, that's smart. You, we do need to do that. So we get to the bottom of the idea. Like, what is it? You know, the, now I'm thinking mental health, but I, I don't know shit. You know, I, I think that's the problem. Um, <laughs> is calling the IRS to investigate the NRA. <laughs> you follow the money. 
All right. Just like that Jerry Epstein thing. You follow the money. Uh, and the last thing here, this is the part where I, I have to be a little critical. He says 90% of American voters approve of gun, uh, background checks for before buying guns and 70% of NRA members approve it. So why the fuck we haven't passed that shit? Well, I think it's uh, it's definitely um, the result of the lobby, the NRA lobby. Um, I think it's just that idea of like a slippery slope uh, from their angle that once you have one control passed, then the more and more are going to get passed. And to some degree, I can see uh, I can see why they think that way because you can look at statistics like you know gun ownership is actually per capita is higher in Switzerland and in Israel, but they don't have nearly the problems we have. Oh yeah, in Israel they carry it. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. because uh, you know a lot of them have to serve in the military, and so you know that that shows that hmm, yeah, I guess it doesn't necessarily. I mean, there's coral, uh, the the accessibility to guns may not be the sole cause, and so that's where the going back to the research. Oh, uh, it's I think because no, it's because we have violent video games. Well, you know, all these other countries <laughs> have it too, though. So I mean, it's not like people aren't playing playing video games in Israel and in yeah, we've had shootings way before violent video games came out. You know, they keep. Pointing to Grand Theft Auto, which I have to say, I don't know if you ever played Grand uh, Theft yes, Auto. Like, if you play it for a long time, when you go out, you think about like, how am I going to murder this guy and steal his car? <laughs> Background check on this <laughs> man, please. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about buying some guns before this. Every, every Booker gets uh is sworn in. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I you know. I, I I look at all these policies and I just go, okay, you know, it's just very cookie cutter me oh very true um and i think that's where he's really yeah he's really running uh as like biden jr in a sense like he i think is an is a younger black non-senile <laughs> joe biden uh and so i mean you know uh honestly you know we you know he's he is kind of like the safe choice in that sense i would lump uh him uh, uh booker uh biden and Buttigieg, the three b's i would say mm. are the you know the, the moderates here uh, they represent kind of like a, a reversion to the mean in a sense uh, versus, I think, the progressive wing of people like Sanders um, Warren. and Warren. And, of course, you know, then there's like completely, uh, you know, outside of the spectrum, uh, someone like an Andrew Yang uh, that I think uh, is very compelling. Yeah, he's the wild card here. He really is. Nobody is. I mean, and it, you, you see people um, kind of using his rhetoric a little bit more now. Uh, but I have to give... Cory Booker, uh, uh, some credit here. He's the only by, only only person that's running that ever talked about animal welfare. Uh, what what's the stance on animal? Uh, okay, so some he wants to shut down all puppy mills, okay. which great. This next one I, I don't agree with. Enact a national ban on shark fin sales. Uh, you know, as <laughs> as yeah, you're Chinese. You want that soup, dude? No, no, it, it's delicious. I've had it before when I was younger, so I never knew the cruelty that went behind it. It's pretty fucking cruel. Yeah, so like, nah, I, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, ending animal testing, help endangered species and new wildlife habitats. You know, like, hey, you know, nobody's talking about that, and you know, animals don't get votes, so that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they are sentient beings, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I think what's interesting is... Uh, and and in, uh, if he wins, I bet Beyond Burger stock is going to soar. Because <laughs> he is vegan, you know. He is? Mm -hmm. Dude, that's a big vegan. He's a big guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's like 6'3". Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's not necessarily lanky either. Mm -mm. So, um, 
but I think, yeah, that, that shows once again, where, you know, his lifestyle is reflecting, you know, his values. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, more, more ups to him. Mm-hmm. So what do you, th- what do you think about him overall? You know, honestly, you know, he's a good, like, safe choice. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be upset if he won the nomination. Um, I think that, um, you know, definitely he's a little untested. I think uh, his lack of specifics makes you wonder what you're really going to get. Uh, and so that's where, you know, I, I put him, in, I definitely I put him in the same bucket as Buttigieg and Biden, you know, uh it's just kind of like uh, just, just essentially just not Trump. <laughs> so, so voting a vote for him is more a vote of confidence in his ability, and that's it. I think it's more like an just an alternative, a safe alternative to Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that that's how I'd sum up a uh, vote for him. How do you think he would stand up to Trump in a debate or something like that, uh, or in the national vote? So that's where you know he does get criticized as a lightweight. Uh, and I do think that he may have some trouble going toe-to-toe with Trump. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have anything super problematic in his record, but also I think um, I think his presence as a politician, like he's definitely not as well-spoken as, say, like a Buttigieg. And even, say, you look at the, uh, I believe it was the, um, the bar hearings uh, when he was flanked by Klobuchar and Harris, who were both, you know, um, uh, prosecutors, you know, in the past. So they actually did a much better job of questioning uh, he kind of flubbed some line about uh, obstruction versus collusion. And so that's where, like, you know, his stage presence uh, versus, say, someone like Trump, I, I could see him maybe fall into some trouble, uh, but definitely not as much as, say, like a Warren who, you know, who got, you know, mired in that Pocahontas stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else to add to his uh, candidacy? Um, no, no, not so much. I mean, oh, one thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, he is dating. He, if he gets, uh, if he wins, he'll be the first, a single childless, uh, person to win the presidency. Uh, but he is dating, uh, Rosario Dawson. So, you know, <laughs> big ups to him. Um, what's <laughs> interesting? I did some like Google keyword research on Cory Booker. You know what? The, a very strange, uh, one of the most commonly searched keyword combinations for him is what? Cory Booker gay. Uh, which is wow. very yeah, which is very strange. Um, wow. But apparently, I guess you know there are rumors uh, going on about that. Which I mean, maybe the gay community receives them very well, and they want to see if they have a chance. <laughs> well, Rosario Dawson man took him off the market. I remember when he said, "You know, I'm always happy." Like at at the event, he's like, "I'm always happy when I come to L.A." And it's because and then somebody goes, "Rosario." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm, but before Rosario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he grew up here. He spent some time here. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what I, what I, what I, what I kind of look at, and when I look at his uh, history and like kind of assess him as a as a politician, you know, when he left Newark, um, uh, it didn't seem like there was a lot of there. He didn't solve all the issues that he was set out to solve. And then he saw an opportunity to become senator, and he took it. So, uh, you know, what that says to me is, you know, like, yeah, he cares about the issue, as yeah, and he'll try to solve it, but if he has an opportunity to get to the next level, I think he's going to take it. So, rounding the home stretch, um, where would you rank Booker uh, relative to the other candidates uh, for your own personal preference? Uh, personal preference, actually, I mean, he's a good stand-up guy. I believe that his heart is the right place. I, be, I I believe he's not a corrupt guy based on everything I've seen. Um, so I would say he would rank above Buttigieg and Beto, you know, um, but below Yang, Sanders, and Warren, you know. Um, 
I know Sanders and Warren are more extreme, but um, I, I like the fact that he's they're pushing the 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 conversation towards that that place. Uh, whereas he's more like, okay, let's go back to normal and let's just solve the problem a, a little bit of the problem at a time. So that I just felt like he doesn't have enough. Uh, his policies aren't strong enough for me to really understand what he's trying to do, what is his life mission. But at least he feels to me like a good enough guy that he's not going to be bought. Um, again, we haven't done the research into Pete and Beto, but that's the feeling that I get from those guys. Uh, Klobuchar just seems kind of out of left <laughs> view. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? Tulsi is going to be a, a beat before Warren, uh, Sanders, and and Booker. So Booker is kind of like fifth place for me. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you actually expect uh, Tulsi Gabbard to stay in the race? Nope, I don't <laughs> think so. I want her to because, but you know, the thing is, we uh, this is another, this is a topic that we want to cover on another episode, but the media treatment of all these candidates. And I just don't think Tulsi is getting a fair shake at all. And uh, the the democrat the dnc is also kind of you know she's upsetting the 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 status quo you know you know everybody wants to support the troops and she's supporting the troops in her own way but she's being called an assad toady you know by by this uh, new york times journalist uh barry weiss which is just and she has no idea what she's talking about oh yeah i mean you know, similar to you, you know, I would put them at the top of the pack uh, for my own personal preference when it comes to the moderate candidates. You know, I think that uh, he definitely has more experience than, say, like a Buttigieg. Uh, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, I think I have concerns over Biden's uh, mental health. Like, I think his inability to you, even... You notice I didn't even mention Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think he's definitely far past his prime. I think it's almost dangerous to put someone like that in the White House. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, so, so he's not ready to pass the torch, but what? where do you, where do you leave, leave the torch? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, to, but, you know, uh, definitely, you know, uh, w- w- this isn't just an open secret, you know, Yang, Yang's my man. Um, but I think that when it comes to Warren and Sanders, um, I have some reservations about some of their policies. Uh, I think in some some of their policies, the cure is worth than, worse than the disease. Um, you know, as someone who saw my uh, healthcare premiums go up three hundred percent as a result of Obamacare, uh, you know, I'm very skeptical about how they're going to pay for a lot of these uh, giveaways, like the free college. And so that's where I have serious reservations about uh, Warren and Sanders. Uh, and that's where someone like a moderate candidate like uh, Brooker uh, can appeal to me. Um, but, you know, to your point, um, you're really just uh, voting for a reversion to the mean. And mm-hmm. so, you know, definitely, you know, our country, you know, is at a kind of a, a turn, uh, an inflection point right now. Uh, and so I think something a little more dramatic uh, like Yang's universal basic income, I think I think is needed. Yeah, I, I, I do think so. And he's he's very specific with his policies. Uh, he, you know exactly what he wants to do and he's going to try to do it. If he can't do it, then that means Congress is not letting him do it, whereas uh, Booker, he's just like you. You can almost blame him if it doesn't get get ha- it doesn't happen because he's not really saying like this is what I want to do. You know, you can't see where he's gonna fail. You know. Yeah, he doesn't really have a, str- a strong vision. So I know what you mean. It, mm-hmm. It's like uh, like I, I just feel very tentatively saying, yeah, like yeah. Booker's a good guy, you know. But it's like I I don't know what he's gonna do. If he gets where would you rank him against Tulsi? 
would definitely rank him above Tulsi. Oh. I think Tulsi's a single-issue candidate. She's just against the military-industrial complex, which is a good uh, good policy. I think that's a big issue. That's why. Uh, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely a big issue. Um, but, you know, she, she seems very light on the other issues. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Um, yeah, I, I think she's probably more so vying for like a, a cabinet position, uh, maybe secretary secretary of defense. <laughs> oh God, I would like to see that. Actually, I don't know if can she be secretary of defense. Oh, why, why can't she? I feel like they were all generals. Uh, no, I mean Mike, Mike Pompeo is not a. Oh, he's not. Oh, okay, I've I've been looking to him. Okay, yeah, but he's a he's a sleaze ball, anyways. <laughs> I'm going to get contacted by the FBI Uh-oh. or Homeland Security. Uh, it was this man. It was <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to another episode of Taj Tell. If you like what you heard, go ahead and just smash that subscribe button. Or give us a like, a thumbs up, anything to help. And make sure you turn on the notifications. Five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I don't know what the ratings are. A lot of them. Or Google. <laughs>